0: Welcome to another episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Roof Team. Today we have a special episode. We have two team members here to join us today.
1: My name is Prem. I've uh, been on the Green Roof Team, I think, since inception. Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, I'm the lead on the autonomous irrigation system, as well as doing a few... Other things around the team, you know how it goes.
2: Uh, My name is Steven Schulte. I joined the Green Roof team a couple months after it got started. Was there for their first big like idea workshop and uh, been working on it ever since.
0: And today we'll have different conversations from computer science to the irrigation to solar and to other ideas. So guys, before we dive right in, would you both like to pitch to the audience why they should listen to this episode and the podcast in general?
1: Yeah, so I think this episode um, specifically is important because we have two really um, bright individuals, those two, and then I'm just kind of chilling here. <laughs> um, but no, we have we, the experience that we've had uh, over our time with the Green Roof team has been really uh, enlightening, I think. Kind of all the podcasts have really highlighted that as uh, bits and pieces of the experience we have. And so I think it's important to kind of take from that.
2: I honestly think that you should listen to this episode because we're all friends. So we're going to just mention things that nobody else could ask about each other. Um, We've been working with each other for so long that we know how we work, uh, the ethic that we work with and the things that we've done and the things that we can improve on. And I think we're going to touch on that a bit.
0: Most definitely. So talking about Team Cromerty, do you guys um, have any memories? Actually, no. So talking about team commodity.
2: camaraderie, camaraderie.
0: Talking about team.
2: <laughs> You're good. Here, we're, <laughs> we're gonna teach camaraderie. No,
0: can't do it. <laughs> uh commie, communist unity. It's like you calling the
1: plant on the roof the cotton plant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so talking about a uh, teamsmanship. Do we have a? Do you guys want to talk about the space that we have that we can just go in and work in?
2: Um. So the lab that we work in. Uh, it's not very large, so we all get to know each other when we're in there. Um, but we will have people stopping in just in between classes to come say hi, uh, we'll work on things in like five minutes before our other class. We go in there, study, help each other, uh, learn topics for our classes and overall, just a great place for us to hang out, uh, teach each other and build up our skills.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's um, really cool because we have like paper, like paper sheets all over the walls. We actually have this like giant whiteboard right in front that we can use that we've like written down important stuff on and kind of the things we found in there have been really useful. Like we found a soldering kit at the beginning that was useful for the irrigation system. And, um, you know, I don't want to say it's super modular, but we can move stuff around and it's kind of got everything we need. And for me personally, I like it because there's no windows, so I can focus really, (laughs) like, really effectively (laughs) because I don't need to look at the outside, (laughs) but no, it's, like, it's a really um, cool place, and, you know, people are always coming in and out, so we're always having, like, friendly banter conversations, and um, just a great place to get things done.
0: And there's so many different things in there, from the solar panels to the trash turbine to the actual turbine, like, I know we were taking part the solar panel about a
2: week ago, that was an adventure. <laughs> we we were safe about it, though. We were very <laughs> safe about it. But uh, I'm still looking forward to just completely tearing it apart. We finally got a cell uh, taken out of it, um, just cleaned. So now is the fun part of just smashing the glass and working on everything else that is part of that. But that, that solar panel was really cool to get, and we want to thank CH Electrical for donating that.
0: So with the panel itself, could you like talk a bit about like the process of tearing it down?
2: Um, so we we first started by just taking a knife and cutting through the um, adhesive layer on the back um, that kind of keeps it together. This is a tempered glass solar panel. Um, so you obviously can't really get at it from the front. Um, so we started tearing that out, um, found out that If you're not super careful or you don't use heat, you're just gonna tear the cell and the glass off with the adhesive, which wasn't great. Um, Then Nelson figured out a way to uh, use a heat gun and knife to just slowly go at it um, using the back of his knife, I believe, that way he didn't tear through it Mm -hmm. and finally managed to get one off. So it was really, really neat to see it. now we're working on uh, separating the cell from the uh, adhesive and glass. Um, I think we're using two lean solution. I think that's
0: what we decided. I believe so, and that will easily just be able to eat away at the electrical adhesive. So yeah, definitely just being able to go in there and playing around with different items, like with all the wiring and the PCB mm-hmm. boards.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a fun time. There's a lot. There's a lot of PCB boards. There's always so like <laughs> on the lab. Um, there's like there's two halves of it right there's one on like the right side we have like a computer station set up um i think we do catting there right and um on the left side there's like just a general two flat tables we have a soldering station set up And uh, earlier like last year that was kind of where i would set up so there would just be wires everywhere multiple Ar- arduinos which are these little microcontrollers like getting that all set up uh, and that was so it was always it's always a mess, but it always looked cool. Like if you didn't know what's happening, you're walking, and you're like, "Wow, that's that's real engineering right there."
2: I remember one day I walked in and there was just dirt all over oh, the table.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a fun story because I was testing um, soil moisture, and so I had to like uh, put the soil in the in the cups, um, pour water in then t- t- we the sensors we have measure specifically um, like voltage um in the soil and that's kind of a way to measure the soil moisture uh but once that's done I mean I had to dry it out so I could reuse it and so like that dirt I kind of just like put a paper towel or like there put all the dirt on it and then, uh put a floodlight on it that we had the lab has a floodlight surprisingly didn't <laughs> didn't know that until I needed it and so like that was um that was one way that I kind of worked with like Lab, that's another reason why the lab is cool but just like doing um re- like really unexpected ways to go about doing things
2: yeah I don't I don't know if it was before or after that situation but I remember one day you said I need dirt samples and the only thing we had in the lab were mugs so you <laughs> yeah. grabbed a mug and took it
1: outside oh I but tried the ground was yeah so I remember that <laughs> I remember that <laughs> yeah uh yeah that was when we just got the uh, the sensors and I was like I really want to try it out but I didn't want to go um and ge- like go up to the roof and get the uh, moisture, the soil so you know the best second place is right outside but as it turns out it takes a lot of tools to actually dig that up
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. The amount of like innovation we needed just to get to where we are.
1: No, oh, yeah, That's quite a lot, a lot of iteration. Yeah, I mean,
2: we we've definitely come a long way from using mugs to dig um, to putting that panel up, uh, or putting the turbine up. Sorry, we're putting the panel <laughs> panel up later this year. But I mean, we we've definitely come a long way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just being able to like keep on digging deep and finding what else there is and going after it. Okay, so like in. Grand Scheme, you guys want to talk about how you're using more of your computer science background with the Green Roof team?
1: Yeah, so I can I can go first on that because I think the CS, the CS part is really evident in all the different parts of the project. But for the irrigation system, it's particularly important um, because so for those who are unaware with the irrigation system, essentially, we have a Raspberry Pi, which is like a mini computer. Um, that's powering our Ar- Arduino's, which are essentially like uh, microcontrollers. And the code on there, what it's doing is the microcontrollers are getting data from sensors, um, reading that data and formatting it, and then sending it back to this um, Raspberry Pi. Once it's there, then it's stored in a database. And along with that, we're scraping weather data um, and it, yeah, weather data and some other stuff. And so all of that required, um, we had to kind of code that and make it so it can work for multiple Arduinos because um, there's not a lot of support for like a multiple Arduino system out there. And then scraping data from the web and all those things. And then on top of that, we're going to use this data to create a predictive, um, a predictive machine learning model. So all that, lots of code there, um, and that's irrigation, but I know it's also applied in Solar and winds.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I actually haven't used my CS knowledge a ton. Um, I've actually been learning more about the electrical side, electrical engineering side, um, how to make PCBs, how to wire things up, stuff like that. Um, and I'm really appreciative of that because I don't learn that in my normal classes. So it gave me a better appreciation for, um, the difficulty of putting these things together. And also, I learned a lot for my other classes, like it helped me with physics, um, it helped me with my uh, computer architecture class, um, because I started to learn the ins and outs of these things. So really, Green Roof has helped me more with my major than my majors helped me with Green Roof, (laughs) um, which I find really cool.
0: And that's the best part, that ability to go hands-on, learn more about it with others not in your field and not in the same Technical areas, mm-hmm. then you can grow and then blossom, then just absorb it all in, kind of like a flower. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, you're, you're not wrong, not wrong, not right, but closer in one way than the other.
2: Definitely not a biologist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. So within Green Team, we're just not in note even though the actual space is here. Have you guys made connections with anyone outside of the team? Outside of Carbondale on the team?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, um, for example, our friend Gustavo, who, you know, used to be in Carbondale, but now he's uh, in Dallas. Uh so um made some connections with him as well as our um pretty much our electrical head Alex, yep. I would say um it was really alex has really helped us uh, with a lot of different things for irrigation he helped me set up the circuitry for that which as a cs major i'm not super familiar with electrical um and i can you know with what Stephen was saying about learning those different skills it's very very true but um definitely having someone like alex on the team was really helpful even though he wasn't here in Carbondale, he helped out tremendously with that and then you know our um we have friends in the Netherlands that have been helping out um, with some of the data collection stuff. And so a lot a lot of those connections that we've made just by, you know, really being passionate about this project and people wanting to join in.
2: Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Alex has been the person I connected with most um, outside of Carbondale because I'm not great at physics and everything that he was working on was physics based. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, just sitting in, like, our meetings and listening to him and asking questions uh, helped me learn more about green GreenRoof. Um, he told me every time I was wrong and exactly why I was wrong, which is great. And it helped me with my classes as well. So Alex has definitely been a big influence for me on the team um, regarding people that aren't from Carpendale
0: And he was also a big help learning how to design the PCB side, right? Super useful. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he's certified actually to do it. Um, is he really? Like, yeah, I think he actually yeah, got his yeah. uh, certification, so he can actually like design for companies and stuff.
1: That is that's crazy. I mean, like, he taught me how to do like a basic PCB, and we were like, we have the PCB for the solenoid valve, which is going to control the water. Um, that was like custom building. So he walked me through that process. Nah, but I didn't know he was actually certified to do that. I, I think you really. I think you
2: mentioned that. Wow,
1: that is cool.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> So how was having Alex certified person be able to help break down the learning curve on the PCB design?
2: He definitely knew how to make it as simple as possible. And it was still confusing. (laughs) 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 Um, No, Alex, he's really patient with people um, who are asking questions. Like as long as you're engaged and you're trying to learn, um, he's really understanding if you don't understand something and he'll go back and just cover things over and over again until it finally starts to click in your head like this is what you're supposed to do um he guided myself and Ichiro uh through parts of the pcb uh design and how to do it um and then when we did it wrong he (laughs) he just went through and he's like okay so this is why this shouldn't happen and we're like oh that makes a lot more sense um So it's definitely been great because I know that there are a lot of people, especially like high level professors who, if you're in their field and you do something wrong, like they just get upset about it. But he's been really great about explaining things thoroughly and just taking his time uh, to make sure it gets done right.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I had like a long um, call with him kind of setting up the solenoid valve PCB and he... um, he like showed me the basic rundown. He's like, you should create this on your own, and then we'll uh, reconvene, and I'll kind of walk you through, um, like if this is good. And so doing that, like he he'll kind of show you how to do things, but he'll also let you experiment with them, which is I think how a teacher should to should be. And so having someone like that, and especially you know since he's certified, um, you can trust that his knowledge is like um, something that's really accurate.
0: Has there been anyone else on the team or outside of the team that you guys reached out to for mentorship and advice even?
1: Um. Yeah, I can go with that. Uh, I forget his name, so this is not a great look. <laughs> um, but uh, who was that professor that we met with? Dr. Uh, Watson? Yes, Dr. Yeah. Watson. So uh, me being a computer science major, right, I don't know a lot about agriculture. And um, agriculture is not really my strong suit, but I really saw an opportunity for this project. So I had to learn more about the soil medium and kind of how the proposed system that we had would play with, um, you know, weather, for example, and um, like what the proper placements of the sensor should be. And so we talked to Dr. Watson and one of the suggestions he brought up that was really useful, um, the sensors we originally had were two-pronged and they were, I forget the, the term for it, but they, um,
0: Conductive or resistive?
1: Conductive. Yes. I think that's what it was. Um, no, they were restri- one of the two there. It's between conductive and restrict resistive. And one of those wasn't as durable. And the goal of our system is to create something that we can, um, put up there and leave it. So that way it doesn't need to be maintained. And that's, it would last as long as possible while also being in case a part fails, that's easy to, um, replace. And so he recommended these one prog systems that weren't that much more expensive, um, and that were much more durable and, um, to had a better job of capturing data. And that was really useful on top of that with the placements, um, and kind of talking about how, um, uh, S- sort of what variables would be similar and what variables would be different. And that really was important to me um, when creating this system because there was so so much that I didn't know that uh, just talking to him really, help, really helped me out um, setting that up. Uh,
2: for me, I haven't really had any outside mentors other than uh, Alex um, since joining the Green Roof team. But back in high school, I was part of 4-H, and so I got to meet a lot of really cool people. One of whom was a master gardener. Um, so I volunteered every year as a uh, super in- or assistant superintendent for um, like our shows and stuff. And I got to talk to him for two years in a row, uh, talking about gardening, uh, best practices, stuff like that, um, which is part of why I was interested in in the green roof. And then my dad was also a farmer. So I, I'm always talking to him about, Hey, we're doing this. Uh, We have this going on. And now he works for Boeing and he's an engineer. So I also get to talk to him about all the really cool engineering stuff. Um, And he challenges me and my thoughts and what we're doing too. And I get really great discussions with him about it.
0: Cool. So from your father, the master gardener and Dr. Watson, Do you guys see any common traits on what made them a good mentor or be able to give good advice?
2: Experience? (laughs) I think that's probably the biggest one for me. You know, you don't want to go to somebody who just got their degree and ask them really high-level questions. You want to go to somebody who's been in the field for a long time. My dad has been working for Boeing for an extremely long time, um, since before their merge. And the master gardener that I met, he'd been gardening for over 50 years. So I I think it's a lot about experience and just knowing your field. Um, You can talk to anybody who's a computer science major that just graduated, and you'll probably get the same answer from them if you ask them a question. But if you go to somebody who's been in the field for 40, 50 years, you're going to get an answer that's probably a little bit different or a lot more detailed from them.
1: Yeah, and I think building on that, because experience is definitely one of the most important things, Is like their ability to kind of recognize um, the general idea of what you want, and then being able to make suggestions based off of that, and kind of got being able to really guide you. um And you know, you ask questions, and they're able to really answer them in a way that ma- that makes sense. Um, kind of the mentors that I've worked with, I would say, could also um, be really good teachers. Some of them more teachers, like Dr. Watson. I'm, pretty sure was yeah (laughs) and um you know if Alex wanted to be a teacher I'm sure he could but you know things like that where they're obviously their experience is really important but their kind of ability to guide you they're not just telling you the information they're um you know really putting it into perspective and make uh putting in a way that makes sense to you and what you're um trying to do.
0: And they're asking the right questions to make sure that you not only understand, but you're thinking about how to go solve it. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. So do you guys see yourself as being mentors to anyone on the team or in the
1: past or in the future? Um. Well, I mean, since we've started to um, branch out the irrigation system a little bit, I've been trying to you know, anyone new that comes in trying to kind of get them up to speed. And if they have any questions, um, really help them with that. I know another team member, um, Olivia, I was helping her with some of the solar um, sensor stuff and really like a lot of the coding coding stuff, if anyone has any questions, um, like when we were doing the wind, um, when we were collecting wind data, for example. I know I was helping out with that. and um, I don't want to say really mentoring per se because it wasn't really quite a mentor session, but um, I can definitely see myself, you know, being a mentor for really anyone in the team, and that's the nice thing about our team is we all have really different skill sets, so and we're able to kind of um, know what people know and then ask them questions based on that, and then they can ask us questions and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's
2: definitely a big part of it. Um, Nelson, for instance. Nelson last year taught me how to solder alongside Gustavo. And so this past year I've been able to teach other people. Um, I helped Olivia, I helped uh, Thomas. Who's actually a pretty new member, uh, teaching them how to solder. It's really just about taking the skills that you have and passing it on to other people. Um, so I wouldn't consider myself a mentor, but rather just a bridge really, uh, for these skills. Um, and they come in handy in everyday life, too. I mean, Tanner, who's on the team, he recently uh, clipped, <laughs> clipped the cable for his turn signal. And so we all get a message in our uh, discord. Can someone please this?" <laughs> um, because, I mean, we have the ability to do these things. So why not do them? And I think that's a really big part of the team that we've built and the trust that we have with each other.
0: Just being able to go in and ask for help, know what everyone's good at, and just be able to share what we've learned to one another. It's a nice large network. Yeah. So with only a few months left in the semester and many of our undergraduate careers, where do you guys see all the different projects um, leading up to that you are on?
2: So my big project right now is the solar. Uh, project. I work on wind turbine, but most of my job comes a little bit later once we get everything in person. Um, So for solar, I just see us uh, finishing out the NREL competition. There's actually a meeting today discussing our designs. We have a lot more to talk about later tonight, but um, I see us finishing that out and getting our uh, own solar panel up on the roof alongside our wind turbine and really just finishing the year strong making better connections and I'm very sad to see my friends leave um but you know seeing them off into their jobs
1: yeah that's uh I'm one of the person who people who are leaving so it's definitely going to be you know interesting um as for the irrigation system we're finishing up the research this year um probably presenting that at the Research and Creative Expo. I think that's what it's called. And there's some future plans for it that I don't really want to dive up, dive into right now because we're still figuring out the details. But um, it's definitely, it's not ending once we're gone, that's for sure. I know a lot of the projects we have are going beyond um, what we've done here. That's a fact.
0: And if you're interested in learning more about what we're talking about and what the future entails, we will be having a live stream event this April the 21st at 5 p.m. Central. So check out the YouTube channel and find that live stream as we get closer to the date and find out what happens next. Yep. So going into what happens next, how do you see the vision that we built for the green roof from the beginning get carried on to now and then where you see it Down five, 10 years down the road, maybe not that far, three, five years down the road. Yeah.
1: Um, So, I mean, I remember when you were there, like coming up with the vision, and kind of our our goal was to just turn this underutilized space that we found um, into something that could be useful for students, something where anyone could go up and be like, I see like a chance to do some research or like something cool here. Um, and I think we've definitely accomplished that and we've let kind of had that space um, been well known now around campus that this is a place where research can happen and the projects that we've done have really shown that. And so and in terms of that vision, the way I see that um, kind of expanding is what we've left as kind of the foundation for new people to walk in and be like, this is really cool and maybe come up with their own ideas um, or, you know, contribute to what's to what's already there. Um, and I think definitely on the multidisciplinary part, um, which was a really important part, a multidisciplinary um, kind of international s- system that we've set up. I think that with the way that uh, kind of we're expanding, I think that that vision will continue to grow even even further.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, my, my thoughts on the vision from the beginning were bring awareness to the possibility of renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have accomplished that goal in even more. Um, we've gotten some of the highest people here at SIU to recognize the possibilities Uh, of renewable energy integration on campus. They understand that this is an important step uh, for the university and also just the world at large, and I think that really helped us gain the support that we needed to continue up through now, and I think that support's going to carry through through the future, and hopefully we get to do more of this.
0: Most definitely. I know that from all of our renewable activities, from solar and wind, it's made quite an impact and made the news a few times more positive than negative. Um, like for example, wind turbines killing birds, which is a false statement, <laughs> quite false. Um, actually it's a known fact that cats kill more birds than wind turbines do. It is actually.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, makes sense.
0: I don't think I've
2: ever seen our wind turbine go fast. enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to- <laughs> <laughs> Among anything, it's just going to give a nice like love tap and we'll keep going on its way. Yeah, that's true. And
2: and it's red, like it's bright red. I don't it's think a, a
0: bird's blurry. gonna come
1: close
2: to it. <laughs> now, if we made it clear, it's another story. Yeah, yeah. What
1: I'm hearing is Camelot. that all winter events should just be red from now on. Be be bright and flashy. You know, that's how people get interested in things. If it's uh, right in front of you and like really, really catches your eye. You know, so there's there's my petition. All winter events should be colored red.
0: I know the new ones are going to be carbon fiber. so Carbon fiber? They may be black. That's actually really
1: cool. That'd be really cool. Why are they white normally?
0: I'm white because it's usually the standard and it's the most, in terms of like aesthetics, it's the least conflicting.
1: I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Because if they're all like red or green. It'll be like how you see like a red car or a green car every once a while, It's kind of like an eyesore. Imagine
1: living near it. <laughs> imagine drive. Imagine driving down 57. You know that uh wind bar they're all like different colors. It's like a little rainbow.
0: <laughs> Honestly, that would be awesome if it's different so colors. Cool.
1: It'd be like yeah. a tourist attraction. I think we have our next project. There
2: we go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Painting wind turbines. Not making them, just painting them. I'm just painting them. Yeah. But in like the grand scheme. Um I know like with a uh, new program Gustavo's been developing with the uh, internship, we have students from California, in England, and the Netherlands, part of that, and they're developing their own wind turbine, theoretically, and going through our calculations, seeing about more of the op- optimal, optimization of it all. Yeah. So it's spreading out, it's growing, and we'll just see where it goes from there.
1: Okay.
0: And English, not our strongest student on the team, at least not mine.
1: Yeah, we're, we're engineers. We write in numbers and uh, equations, not words. Basically. Yeah, I write in code, so there you go.
0: <laughs> cool. So coming towards the end of this episode, do you guys have any topics or any lessons you would like to share with the audience?
1: Um, I think the last thing I say is, um, you know, as someone who's been on the team since pretty much its beginning, let's see like the growth is really incredible you know when we were when me and him were kind of bouncing off ideas for this um podcast definitely wasn't on the agenda and you know when insular were such a like uh, like they've kind of been part of the plan but to really see them realized and you know going into that lab and seeing that the generator right there and seeing the solar panel uh, like the solar cells right there it's it's really kind of um it's kind of crazy and it really shows that you can't, you can do anything, you know, if you put your mind to it and, you know, we've, we wanted to create, we wanted to look into sustainable energy. We wanted to create a place where that can thrive. And, uh, you know, from the beginning to now, I, I think we've really like, we've really accomplished that more than anything. Um, and so, uh, I would say that if there's any lesson from our from our project, is really that you, if if you have the idea and you really want it to happen, you just got you can really start whenever and kind of um, research into it, find the right people, and make it a reality. I would say.
2: I, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is don't be afraid to ask questions and always try to push your limits. Um, Our buddy Tanner, he always says, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. So it's better to ask a question than just assume that you're right or assume that you're wrong because you never know. The questions that you ask may change the world. Um, So just always push your limits, ask questions, and don't be afraid to try something new. Cool.
0: Thank you guys for hopping on the podcast again. And thank you to the audience for having you listen to our conversation and other episodes. And with that, we conclude another episode of young entrepreneurs with the green roof team.